Yannick, thank you very much for, for joining me. Really appreciate your time. Um, before we sort of get stuck into your, your time at, at Norwich City, I thought we'd, we'd find out what you're doing now because you're obviously playing football in Israel. It's not maybe a route that a lot of footballers who've played in England take. So, so tell us a little bit about um, Israeli football and, and, and how you're finding life over there. Um, <clears throat> I start with finding life. It's like, wow, it's very different than I uh, expected it to be. When I came, especially the media coverage about Israel is not great. Uh, war country, blah, blah. And when I, so I did uh, a lot of research. I asked a lot of people before I came here. And the country, wow, it's, um, it's beautiful. Like um, always nice weather, um, close to the beach, um, nice food, nice people, like really nice. The football, it's uh, it's actually all right. We have uh, the f- top six, I would say, are like good teams. Um, behind that, they are okay. But most of the time when they play the, the big teams, they uh, have like bunkers, so it's hard to play. But... Um, yeah, like my team, Maccabi Haifa, is one of the biggest there. Um, we always, before when there were supporters, there were always like 30,000 at home and 5 to 10 away. So it's, um, yeah, football, it really lives in this country. Mm, and and how, are you, how does it differ or how is it different to English football, I guess? Is, is it quite similar in terms of physicality and, and quality and stuff like that? Oof. So the physicality is here also. We have like some, uh, especially against the big teams, everyone wants to play hard and like uh, it's not the same as in England. The level is much higher. I would say if you play against the top three, three or four teams, they are like good, like with the ball technical as well. But uh, below that, you just see like the quality difference. Um, it's not like 90 minutes going like uh, in the championship or even like League One. Um, so it, there's definitely a difference, but it's still uh, it's not an easy league, and so um, yeah, it's been good for me. I came here because I haven't really been playing a lot in over the last couple of years, so I came here just to get my my pleasure and my confidence and my yeah everything back, just enjoying it really. And um, till now, that's been uh, been good. I've been playing regularly, and it's um, so that's the. The reason I came here, so uh, for me till now it's good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's good. And uh, am I right in saying you're you're playing in the Europa League? So that's that that must be a a really yeah, exciting. Qualifiers. We yeah. we we won the first three rounds and then we got beat by Tottenham away <laughs> in the last uh, round. So it's uh, we didn't make the the group stages, but definitely those games are like a big plus when you come to these countries because you always have the um, the qualification rounds and. My first year, we we I think we lost in the second round, and now we lost in the fourth round. So it's uh, we haven't been blessed with the luck to go to to the group stages, but it's still a good experience to play against the, those teams. And um, yeah, yeah, I bet it must have been quite something to to play against Tottenham. To if it, if it was away at Tottenham, I presume you got to experience the new stadium, which is which is really wonderful. Well, it's for me. It was away at Tottenham, but for me, I um, I got Corona at that time, so I wasn't <laughs> able to play. And from all the teams, like the big teams in the Premier League, um, I have played against except Tottenham, and it was in the new stadium. So for me, it was like, uh, yeah, that was not nice. But in the end, um, you know, it's it's hard, and I wanted to play, but um, the other guys here had like a really uh, good experience, even though we got battered like seven two, I think. <laughs> 
So, but it's still, um, it was still nice. Everyone was really yeah, amazed really by, um, and the level and just the facilities and everything. And that was my, yeah, my opportunity to go back to England for a little bit, but uh, that's to wait a little bit longer then. So you've, you've, you've had the virus, are you, are you fully recovered now? How did you, how, how badly did you have it? Did, were you sort of asymptomatic or, or did you have it quite badly? No, it was really weird because we, we played and uh, my our doctor had it and then everyone got tested because when you play in the Europe League, you have to get tested every time before the game. So the doctor had it, no one had it. And then the next week, just before we played against Rostov in Russia away, I was the only one who had it. And I was, like, as you said, asymptomatic. I didn't have any like pain or any of the symptoms at all. So this was like, for me, it was really unreal because I was like, I'm feeling good. Like I... I can play what and if I if I was like feeling bad I would have like been like yes you know I have it so I can't really do anything but I was feeling good and I saw everyone um, go out first to Russia and then I did another test to see if it was like a mistake or anything and before the Tottenham game I got tested positive uh, again and so I couldn't go there and uh, but in here after 10 days no um, symptoms you can leave the house so I was just good to go after 10 days, but I missed two of the yeah, big games. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, so I was, I was lucky I didn't have any symptoms, yeah. Was it, was it quite frustrating or, or was it quite scary when you when you tested positive? Uh, I think both in the beginning because you hear all about it and then some people react really bad to it and some people, as, as me, like now, didn't have any symptoms. So you're always a little bit afraid because like, oh, like I have it, what can happen? Like before when you don't really like know how it feels or you see other people have it and don't have it, you'll be like, mm, it's just a flu. And then when you have it, it's always wondering how your body is going to react. And um, so the most frustrating for me was that I couldn't play those games. We played two home games against a Bosnian team and a team from Kazakhstan and I was to pl- I was able to play. And then the nice trips to Russia and England, I had to, <laughs> I had to, yeah, let go. So it, that was the most frustrating part for me. But um, in the end, I was happy that I was the only one from the team, so we still had like a fighting chance to, so to say. But um, yeah, I was happy. I got it over with, and now I'm just uh, yeah, fully back. Mm, yeah, glad you've glad you've recovered. Okay, um, let's yeah. let's talk about. Uh, your your time at, at Norwich then because it was it was it was short but there, there's a there's a lot to sort of pack in I think in terms of stuff that happened not just to you but to the to the club and to the team generally um, let's let's talk about that move to Norwich because I I remember sitting on on deadline day and the clock winding down and everyone was going is it going to happen is it not going to happen and then it finally did sort of come over the line what was that day like for you I can imagine it was quite frantic and quite busy yeah well it's like even like the leading up to the day, um, of course, in the beginning of the window, you hear of some interest and there were some com- some clubs. And then um, in the end, I think it was Derby County and Norwich who were like um, the last uh, two. And I had to make um, to make a decision uh, where to go. And the, the talks I had with uh, Alex Neal and Ricky Martin uh, then really gave me that family feeling. And, um, and uh, yeah, like... I really wanted to play for Norwich when I left that meeting. I had a really good conversation also uh, with Derby, but just the yeah the feeling they gave me it made it just easier and the right choice for me to pick Norwich. Uh, so it was like yeah, as you said, deadline day. Uh, did all my tests in the morning, and then I had um, 
I think it was MRI in the evening, it was like scheduled like around eight. So I was like, <clears throat> I think two hours or something in the machine. So I came out and I thought, well, this is uh, this is done. And then I saw the, um, the doctor looking at me a little bit uh, scared, like uh, frightened. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> And he said, like, yeah, there are like two little things we need to check, uh, check extra because just to make sure it's, uh, um, yeah, it's procedure. So um, did the extra 20, 25 minutes, and then the clock was ticking. So we were like literally racing from the hospital to, to the training ground, and all the papers were just like on the table, and I was just like signing <laughs> everything, and then pop everything go through, and then they said like, oh, and I think like with six minutes to spare, they said like, yeah, it's gone through finally, and it was just like, wow, oh, this, it was just sweat dripping, uh, yeah, sweat dripping off my uh, my head, my forehead, and it was just very uh, hectical. But I, in the end, it was just I was over the moon to get it done. Really, it's like such a big club wanted me, and it was a uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, Hectic day, as I said, but um, in the end, we all got there. You spoke about the meeting you had with with Alex Neal and, and Ricky Martin. What was it exactly that that they said to you to to really sell the club to make you sort of choose Norwich over Derby? I suppose. Um, just uh, the people who work there, the vision of the coach. Um, um, they told me about the club, about the city, um, everything. Really, um, it's. Uh, I already had a taste when we played uh, there with Wigan, and I think we. We just lost, I think, and um, I came on and I did all, I did all right. Uh, I played against Russell Martin, and uh, when I signed, he said, like, you you owe me a, a percentage because I got you the move. <laughs> so the, so it was, um, yeah, uh, I spoke to the coach and he said, like, listen, if I, if I show you all the, the wingers I've, um, I've signed, like, you can see everything, everyone has progressed. There is only one maybe who I... Who I um, who didn't really make it, and I feel really bad about it. But this happens also sometimes. And I was just, um, yeah, but the ambitions with the club, the history, and um, the team at the time. It was just like such a such a quality team, um, and I just wanted to play for them, and that made made it easier. Yeah. Mm. Did, was it a, a difficult decision to to leave Wigan? Because obviously you enjoyed such a such a productive and, and, and brilliant spell with them, really. You, you were quite a favourite amongst the fans, weren't you? Yeah, well, that was like one of the toughest moments, I think, in my career. And the way everything unfolded, like I, I um, it was like a bit bad. Like it felt like I left them like a uh, deadline day. I even ended in a transfer request to make the, to make the move. And it's just, you know, this is what, what the, the people only see, um, Deadline day transfer request. I left the club. We were in a bad position, and it it feels like it also. And I felt like also a little bit like I I um, I left the club and in a bad position, and uh, you know. But sometimes in life, some chances come by, and you know, who, who knew if I was going to get the chance to to play uh, for like a club like this or anyone else in the summer? What can happen? And we we uh, we had they had like a good run going to the playoff places, so I thought this is a chance to play Premier League football maybe also, and it's just um, yeah I decided to to go for it um, whatever the consequences uh, would be and I got a fair bit of stick but you know this is what uh, what comes uh, yeah what what came with it and um, yeah it was as I said it was a very hard decision uh, to leave Wigan they um, I played I think. Till now in England, my best football there, and I really enjoyed it with all the people. 
uh, at the club with the with the players and everyone. But at at the time, it was for me the best step um, to go to Norwich. And and in terms of arriving at Norwich, what sort of dressing room did you walk into? Because there were a lot of sort of experienced players, players that have played in in the Premier League. Was that quite daunting? Quite sort of scary walking into that that dressing room, or um, was it was it quite welcoming? How how, how was it for you? It's well. It was really welcoming. Like everyone was really nice uh, and kind for me. It helped that uh, Mitchell Dykes came also at the same time, uh, and uh, so we were together. And obviously, you played against some of the players before, and it makes it easier to to settle in. It was a bit different because there were a lot of like um, older players who had like really good careers and like really big characters in the dressing room, and there were a lot of happened also in the in that period where the it's just like yeah, it was not a great place after a couple of uh, couple of weeks months to to be because there was so much friction and a lot of things went bad and in the end we didn't make the playoffs either. So it's just uh, yeah, but as I said, but I loved my uh, my the first half of the season there when I came because everyone was really nice and we, as I said we play good football. It's just like some other things were playing and just made it hard for us to. Um, to get the results, then the coach um, got fired, and yeah, it's um, yeah difficult and uh, difficult period, and yeah, so it was an um, yeah, it was a, it was alright. It's I was happy to go to go there and play and get used to it, and I thought I'm just gonna get used to this, and then from the summer I will just kick on, and uh, hopefully as soon as possible. But I was giving myself some time, uh, and um, yeah, so. It was unfortunate how things ended with Alex Neil because he was the one who brought me to the club. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you mentioned it there in terms of maybe the dressing room having a little bit of friction and, and maybe not being totally together. Did you sense that when you walked in it for the first time? Did you sense that maybe it wasn't a particularly happy dressing room? Because I think the the perception from supporters was a, a little bit a, a group that was sort of underperforming and, and maybe struggling a little bit compared to the, the quality and the talent it, it had in that squad. No, not really. When I came and throughout the whole period till the end of the season, like the team it, with each other and like you know, on a daily basis, it was it was all right. Just like any normal team, it was just like sometimes when we didn't get the results or um, something would, would happen. Like it was, yeah, you always have these moments in a team where things don't go as they will. I can tell it was it was much harder to be in a dressing room at Wigan without the results. Even though we had a great team, when you lose every week, it's sometimes it's you have some friction, and um, especially when you have like some older players who, you know, who think about uh, about it one way, some younger players who, another way, and then you have to like you know, as a coach, it must be really difficult to deal with those type of things mm-hmm. also. And um, yeah, in the end, it's it um, it worked out as it. As it as it worked out, really, like um, we had to do the last nine—I don't know how many games—without uh, the head coach, and I think the assistant uh, took over. And um, yeah, it was then just try finishing in as high as possible position we could, and just make sure we come back ready for the next season. How how did you find playing under Alex Neil? Because he's obviously gone on to do really well at Preston in, in the Championship. He brought you to the club. Was was he a, a good manager to to work under? Yeah, um, in the beginning when we spoke, like he explained me about how he works and how we um, how 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 much better he made the wingers and other players, of course. But in my in my case, the wingers. And uh, this is what the, the reason is I chose and. 
unfortunately, we didn't get that much time to work together. Um, yeah, but when I see how he's doing with Preston, it's like uh, impressive. Um, they always uh, doing well. It's a hard team to play against, and it looks like uh, he, he made the right decision to go there. And um, yeah, I'm happy for him. He he was quite young, wasn't he, when when he was at Norwich? Um, did you sense uh, maybe a, a little bit of inexperience, or or that he he had some learning to do? Because I think everyone that that sort of spoke about Alex Neil, I know sort of Bradley Johnson and and, and different people like that, who, who I think was before your time at the club, have sort of described him as being very good tactically. Did you did you sort of see those qualities in him um, from from your time at Norwich? Yeah, I must say, um, you know, everything was like the the meetings and how we worked on training it was really good i haven't been that long with him to say like you know this was really good or this hasn't really been uh, good uh also at the um, i wasn't really at the um stage in my career where i have seen a lot of uh, different types of managers where i can say like this and he's really good at this or really good at that uh, or like I didn't see any like inexperienced signs because he's been a footballer himself. He's been like a couple of years at the club, gone to promotion, relegation and fight again. So he knew the club, he knew the players because I think he brought, he brought most of them uh, him himself. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of them where in the end it didn't uh, work out. And now he's, uh, He's doing well and he, he, he's probably taking all the baggage and all the things he learned from Norwich into his new job and uh, learning even more now and just, uh, yeah, applying it to to Preston. Mm, you, you mentioned that it was a dressing room at Norwich full of sort of big pros, big characters. How did he manage and, and, and deal with those characters and, and, and deal with that dressing room? Because as quite a young manager in, in only your second job in management, I can imagine that would be fairly difficult. Um, well, I'd, I'd never seen any anyone like or disrespecting or talking to him like um, like they shouldn't be you know everyone knows he's the manager he makes the um, um, he makes the decisions of course everyone has sometimes uh, don't always agree with what the coach says um, but it's always I think it's always been in a respectful manner I haven't seen like the the one-on-one -on -one conversations or like other but for as far as I've seen everyone always like gave him the respect he deserved and he he's, he's supposed to get. And um, from there, you always have the people like uh, Russell Martin, who, who if if he thought about something the other way, he would just discuss it in open. And if the coach said, like, I understand what you say, but I'm the coach and we go this way, then no problem, you know. But he was always open for people to, you know, talk about it. And then he would, like, say why uh, you, you would go with it or why he won't. And 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 your only goal that season came against Bristol City, didn't it? Which I think is is his last game in in charge. So do you feel that there's um, part of you that thinks you were quite unlucky at, at Norwich because obviously you were brought in by one manager, suddenly he was gone, and then the whole structure of the football club changed in terms of going to a sporting director and a, and a head coach model. Do you sort of reflect on your Norwich career thinking that that maybe you're a bit unlucky? Um, yes and and no. Like this football, you know, thinks. Um, work out like that. Like if I would have hit the, the ground running at Norwich score, maybe say eight goals and we got, he wouldn't maybe been effective. We got more like even not just me, but also other players. And, um, or, you know, you know, in football, these things happen, like coaches get fired. It was unfortunate for me that it was so close or so soon after he signed me. 
and we didn't get more time to work together. And then also Ricky Martin who left and like a whole new structure. Um, yeah, but as I said, this is how football goes. And this is what I've, I've experienced before with other teams where you get the new coach, new vision, new yeah, people in the board who change the clubs. And it was not great timing, I have to say, when I came. But in the end, I think I, I haven't, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just uh, how it goes, really. How, how did you find that sort of end of the season after after he left? Because it, it must have been fairly difficult with the fact that you didn't have a lot to play for and, and none of the players really knew what the future looked like in terms of who the head coach was going to be or maybe what direction the club was going to go, what their individual futures would be. It must have been a fairly uncertain time to, to play for the club. It, it was and it wasn't. Like um, when the coach um, left, they, they just spoke to us and they said, listen, you know, it's it's hard. We've been sacked for a reason. It's not just his fault, but we have to take responsibility as a group as well. Um, the only thing we can do now is perform as best as we can because the new coach is going to be watching, the new director is going to be watching, and if you want to be in next season, you have to you're going to have to show everything you have just to make sure that you know that you are in the plans of the next coach. And um, that worked in some games. I remember we played Reading at home really good. We won like seven. Seven or one, yeah. Seven one, yeah. And we have also, I think, some games, I think Fulham at home where we lost, where we was like, wow. It's... So I think everyone knew what, you know, it's their own future as well. Like everyone wanted to be, wanted to stay at the club or maybe some had like um, decides to go to the Premier League or I don't know what. But everyone knew like, regardless, we want to, finish on a high and make sure that they can't blame you or you or say like, oh, he didn't play well, so he's not in the plans. So that as it's not really difficult or difficult to yeah, motivate yourself or anything when something happens. It's sometimes, it, most of the time, it brings more motivation just to, you know, show that I'm, I'm here, this is my spot, I want to keep it even, it doesn't matter which manager comes. And and how did you find when I mean Stuart Webber obviously arrived from from Huddersfield and that's when sort of everything changed. Did was there any sort of conversation between you and him or or, or even when Daniel Farker came in you you and him in terms of your future or or the role that they that they saw for you? Was there any sort of conversation about that? Uh, well, obviously, when a new coach comes, he has his own vision, wants to bring his own players, own system, and I remember when. My, I think my agent spoke to Stuart and he said, like, um, you know, uh, new, this is the new coach. He's going to play this system. We don't know if it's going to suit Yannick. Like, um, also with the financial uh, problems at the time, they say if uh, he can stay and we really want him to stay, he's a nice guy, he's a good footballer and he can fight for his place. But as a club point of view, like if, if he wants to go or something, someone comes in, you know, we can't just decline it. You know, we have to stay open for it. And at that time, I thought, I just came here. Uh, I haven't really shown everything I can in the first, um, my first four months, I think. I just want to fight for, you know, for what I'm worth, uh, make sure I leave everything on the pitch. And if in the end he says, like, Yannick, you know, you're not part of my, uh, you're not part of my plans, I'm sorry, then... You know, even uh, even good friends is just uh, yeah. But I think I did uh, did well in preseason. I even started the first two three games, I think. And then when the results not uh, going our way, it was just like you know, 
going out of the lineup and then come on and, and yeah it, it's just um, yeah the inevitable re inevitable really because I was just uh, not really his type of player really actually so it was um, you know this is why I choose to to leave also in uh, January. Mm. How, how did you find sort of the change from Alex Neil to Daniel Farker? Because I know quite a few players have spoken about particularly the intensity of training and, and how quickly and, and how radically that changed. How, how did you find that? Because it was um, it was supposedly quite intense. Well, it was really intensive. It was we doing long, long sessions and double sessions. And some we came at the club at nine and sometimes came home at five. <laughs> And uh, maybe later, and it was just, uh, but you know, in the beginning, it was hard like the first two, three weeks, you know, with a little bit because German coaches are well known for their hard pre seasons. And I, uh, looking back at it now, it was hard, but it's, you know, it was good because there was always like a ball involved, and it's, um, yeah, everyone was just really fit and ready to, ready to start the, the league. and. So I think the biggest change was probably in the beginning, and then when you get used to it, your body get used to it, and then it's then it's like normal. So it's uh, but I understand why everyone was saying this is this is the biggest difference. Now I don't know how Alex Neal's pre seasons were because obviously I wasn't there, but um, I think Daniel Falker's one was a, we are one of the toughest uh, we had, especially with uh, with Chris. Uh, in charge is the sports scientist uh, at, so it was uh, yeah it was hard did you did you enjoy those long sessions and, and those intense sessions because I know perhaps some more of the the experienced players found it quite difficult well yeah well it, it wasn't as enjoyable as you know like normal because you work hard but if you just like after a week or two when you get used to it then you see the difference like you can go further well you you feel stronger then you know it's worth it and uh, i was lucky i didn't really go too much injuries uh, at the time so i was just like keep going 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 and getting stronger and fitter so you know what you're doing it for and um yeah so i understand maybe some of the older players who who yeah it was really hard my but even for the younger players we had young players who were struggling with the um, with the intensity everyone was but then yeah, as i said you get used to it and then it's just uh yeah one of them where you just feel strong and you know you feel like it was worth it mm. how, how did you find daniel farker to to work for obviously he's still at the club now he's he's, he's done a, a remarkable job really in terms of getting them promoted and obviously mm -hmm. setting them up hopefully to to do so again how did you find him as a, as a coach and and how different was he to to maybe someone like Alex Neal? Well, he's done a really uh, good job, but it was, I think he made it clear from the first day uh, we had a meeting and he said like, listen, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm here to achieve extraordinary things and um, I want to get uh, promoted and I want... So when when someone comes in and gives all... Obviously, Norwich is a big club, but we knew where we're coming from. We had to like uh, uh, cut the cost in budget like, and he was bringing his own place so you always have to wait and find out how everything goes but it um, yeah from the first moment you see like a driven coach who wants to you know who wants to make everyone a better player he was good with the with the players always in for a laugh uh, 
I had a good, uh, even though I wasn't playing that much, I, re I really had a good uh, relationship with him. I always make the, the German Dutch jokes. And so this is, uh, so yeah, as a coach and as a, um, as a person, I um, I really, uh, you know, had a good time and I, I enjoyed it under him. It was just in the end where it just, you know, playing wise didn't really work out. But besides that, I don't have any bad word to say about any of the, of the people who came uh, since he since he signed and as you said he did a really good job and hopefully what he's doing now he can continue and keep them uh, on top of the league. Mm. Uh, as a as a player, do you notice the difference between say when it, when a a club has a manager as opposed to a head coach? Is that a noticeable difference for you as a player or or, or not? Um. No, not not really. For me, it's like all the same. You have like the one is in charge and the. Way, Every coach has their own vision, their own philosophy, and how they want to do things. And uh, obviously, they were um, different in, uh, in in coaching styles. And it's just whatever suits uh, you more. As a as a player, I am. I think Alex Neal's style so, uh, suited me more than Daniel Farkas one. But um, yeah, it, I think I, I became a better player. Um, by doing some of the stuff we did with Daniel Farke because it was just the training, everything has like meaning behind it and like patterns and you just knew what you were going to do. And by repeating and repeating it, like I felt like I became a better player in like the smaller spaces where normally I was like one who just needs like loads of space and then I can just run. But it made me, you know, a better player in like the short spaces. And um, yeah, it's it's... His style works for for Norwich because you know he got them promoted and now he's doing well again. So, so uh, I think the the club and Stuart Webber and everyone made a good choice uh, signing him. Mm. And in terms of sort of on the training pitch, how how was he as a coach? Was he was he quite sort of thorough with his sessions? Was he um, someone that was that was quite demanding from from your perspective? Yeah, wow, well, he could very demanding, and he was always um, was always walking around and then. In the beginning, we go out with Chris and then with Eddie for some like passing. And then when the procession and the game come, this is where he was really, you know, becoming involved and just make uh, make make sure everyone knows what they need to do and you know let you know when um, what um, yeah whatever yeah what you need to do. And if you make a mistake, then he will tell you. But if you do good, he will tell you also. And there was also a lot of fun uh, in between, like with games during the. Um, during the training sessions where you can earn Champions League points and then the loser after a week have to um, take the plates of the winners and just those like, like little competitions who, who get the atmosphere in the team going. And uh, it helped really because, it helped a lot because everyone was getting along really well. And um, yeah, so I think he, on that uh, part he did well, yeah. Did you see uh, a different sort of atmosphere in in terms of the dressing room from perhaps the end of of your first season with the club to 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 your second one? Did was there a noticeable shift in 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 the way the atmosphere around the club changed? Yeah, I think because there's also like a lot of players left, like uh, like the older players and the younger players came in, foreign players come in, and it, they were all little bit like little younger, like um, and. It was just like this, the the players who stayed and the foreigners who came. It just like blended well. I I uh, remember going like we had a hard 
maybe two odd weeks and then we would say like on a Saturday, should we go do something in town? And I think like almost all the Germans uh, came out and it was just like, you know, good because sometimes they would like, no, I'm okay, I stay home. But like from the first moment, everyone just got involved and just was like a good chemistry. And um, it it's not like it wasn't there at the season before, but it was a little bit different, I think. But the biggest part for that is also like those people uh, people were there at families and who were um, and this were all like they came alone from Germany so it's easier to to say like okay I'll come I don't want to sit home alone and but uh, as I said from the um, the atmosphere is really good could you could you see from sort of that that half spell you, you had under Daniel Farker in in the first season could you see what he was trying to do and where he was t- trying to take the club and, and did you think he'd end up having the success that he did in sort of the second season with the club where, where he won the title? Um, you could see what he was doing. We were playing really good football. We were just like conceding uh, a lot. I remember coming back for my second season in pre-season and we had like a video meeting and he was showing us all the statistics like uh, possession, one of the top uh, chances created, one of the top and all those things, and he said like if, and then you saw like goals conceded. It was like a, a lot also, and he just said if we can get this one down like to like one of the top, I'm sure we we get promoted. And that's what he basically did the next uh, season. He he um, yeah improved the defensive bit, and then still got the high numbers. And in the end, he got promotion. So it took him a little bit and. Did I, did I knew it was going to work? I'm not sure because you always have to see how a foreign coach for the first time goes to, to England and don't really pick all the, the English players but come with people from uh, Germany who never played in England, uh, how they were going to adjust and how. But um, in the end, it was like, um, yeah, everything went well. Absolutely, and, and you mentioned it there. And in in sort of his first season, you, you did start quite a lot. And a memorable game that perhaps Norwich fans remember before is that obviously win at, at Sheffield United. And um, obviously everything that that happened afterwards with with Chris Wilder, their manager, and he wasn't too happy with with you guys that day. But that must have been a, a really special day for you. And and you must have felt like that kind of kickstarted your your Norwich career, I, I suppose, because it was a an excellent goal and an excellent win that you were involved with. Yeah, I think um, I had like a good uh, preseason. Uh, like the last, I I got turned on. I got turned from a left winger to a right wing back. So this is like a little adjustment I had to make. Um, I think the last couple of games of preseason I did well. I think it was Charlton and Brighton at home. I uh, I started and I had the feeling like oh it's going well. Um, I might start in the league. Then we play Fulham. Uh, away firstly, uh, the first game of the league and I, I remember putting two on Molly Watkins' plate and I was like, wow, he scored this. I, I could start with two assists and then, you know, I couldn't ask for a better start but we drew um, with uh, Nelson scoring in the last minute and then I think we lost at home against Sunderland quite bad and then um, it was like hard because I wasn't playing on my own position so I couldn't really showcase my my real um, yeah game because as a left winger you know what you've been doing for the for your whole se- for your whole, uh, career and then being turned to like a half defender it's it's hard but you know I wanted to do this because I wanted to play and it looked like an um, 
a position where I have a lot of freedom going forward. And uh, but I just had to make the defensive. Uh, uh, how do you say this? The defensive uh, improvement. Yeah, yeah as you said, yeah. And uh, but then when we change system to like with three, uh, with like with wingers and like uh, so it for me it changed and. That game, I was I started to play, and I think I played well that game. I scored, and um, I thought like, wow, now I'm uh, you know I've shown I um, I uh, I can play, I can start, and I want to start. And then it's it's just I didn't really get the game time after. Uh, really, um, I think we played the cup game. I came on, and then I thought, well, for sure I will play the next league game, and I didn't. So it was just like you know those type of things where you be like, you can't really kick on. Like if you would get like a spell of games, maybe after that game I was on a high and then I would I would have done really well. But now it didn't and I kind of just got like caught, yeah, caught back a little bit. And that's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is, I always say. It's, uh, we can't change anything uh, about it now. But um, that certainly, I think, was one of my best games for Norwich, yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you reflect on your Norwich career? I mean, you mentioned there it being sort of quite stop-start and you being sort of in and out. Was that quite frustrating? Was it a frustrating spell in, in, in your career for you? Yeah, but it's it's. I think it's like people only see what's happening on the pitch. They don't really see like what you what's happening around it. I, uh, I remember just after the game a little bit, like a couple of weeks after the game, my wife had some... Um, uh, problems with the pregnancy and there was like a time where I where I had like um, long days didn't sleep at night because I have to take care of the wife of the of the kid and everything else so I, I when I went to training I, I was tired and I couldn't show what I what I really was about and when there was times to like kick on and say like yes I couldn't just I couldn't play as I, I, I wanted because there was too many things really like, you know, holding me back a little bit. And I think that is, a, that's also a part what I think what cost me in my Norwich career where the moments that I got the opportunity to show it and that I, I just couldn't provide because of the things what, and what happened uh, outside of football and just yeah, not being good enough to show it at the time. So, Yes, it is a start-stop, but it's like a combination of a, of a lot of things. I wouldn't just put it um, like that I would play and then I wouldn't play, but, you know, it didn't help. Mm. I, I noticed that at the start of the chat, you said you went to Israel to sort of enjoy football again. Did you did you feel like, not necessarily the spell at Norwich, but um, did you feel that sort of period in your career, you, you kind of lost enjoyment for it a, a little bit? Like, uh, it's like, Maybe a little bit, like it's it's not like the enjoyment because I love football and I enjoy doing. It was just like I haven't been playing that regularly all the time. Where I just get like when I was at Wigan, I knew whatever happened, I would play like uh, every Saturday, every Tuesday. It doesn't matter, I play. And I just missed uh, that that feeling when I came to to I think my last club at Bolton. I just missed so much game time really when when i had to start i just needed time to to you know get back up and to the normal and the old yannick and i because i didn't show in the game i think i started good with two goals in the first two games but it was just 
after when I got the chance to do it as a starter, I just couldn't because I'm, I missed that rhythm and just the match fitness and just being my normal self. And um, when I, when my, when my uh, contract expired, it's, um, I have to say there weren't like uh, loads of clubs wanting me to go there. And maybe I thought maybe a change of scenery might do good to me, like somewhere where I can be hopefully the main man again, just, whatever happens just play um play uh, all the games in the in the league and then we'll see what it gets and even when i came here the first half of the season i was playing but i wasn't like playing as i as i as i used to be like the player i used to be and after the um, like the after the halfway really then then i started to finding my feet and being the old uh, Yannick again, and this is when it really like was enjoy- enjoyable again. Where I was making goals, giving assists, playing every week, and being loved by fans, by the club, and that feeling is just something I missed over the years because I simply uh, simply didn't you know show my qualities uh, for that long time, and this is why I I'm happy I made the choice uh, to come here. Mm. You, you mentioned there, uh, um, sort of returning to the old Yannick is is. When you say the old Yannick, is that something that you think Norwich City saw, or, or that you show, or that you show to Norwich City, or are we talking about sort of old Yannick being at, at Wigan? No, I think. Uh, well, it it is the the Yannick Norwich um, Norwich signed. I remember um, speaking, and they said the game uh, I played against Huddersfield with Wigan. That's like. Also, one of the best games I think I've played in in my career, and they watched. And this is like for them, it was the the one that they say, okay, listen, we want to sign Yannick. And I think I started okay. Um, and uh, at Norwich, when I came, I really got the feeling like um, uh, everyone enjoyed me being there. Like they were like, oh, he's going to be an addition to the team. And it's not like people were like, oh, he's coming for my position. Uh, everyone was just really uh, helpful like the Murph brothers or who uh, they know I came for their position and they were just so helpful and becoming really good friends uh, on and off the pitch and I, it's just I never really got to to show the Norwich fans like what I'm what I'm really about or like the the level I got to, what got me the move to to Norwich and that that's something I Regret really like that. I was I came there for like a for a big fee, and I um, I was I was coming there with all the yeah all the in the right mindset and everything. And it just didn't work out for like as I said several reasons. But this is the thing I yeah that I couldn't show the club the faith they had in me and the supporters what I what I can. So that's something what. Yeah, what I regret in in my career later when I look back at my time at Norwich. I was I was going to ask you about the the fee because obviously I, I think it was probably slightly less than the seven million that that got reported. Um, but did you did you feel the I don't know a sort of expectation upon you because of the money that Norwich sort of brought you in with? Did you feel did that weigh you down a little bit? Did you think about that or did it not really affect you? Well, it's it's a hard one because at the time. You think it it doesn't affect you, and I have never f- had the feeling it uh, it affected me. But when I look back at it now, as I go older, more experienced, and going to different, it's like 
maybe I subconsciously, you know, thought about it a lot because I came in the middle of the the season and then I got brought also for the longer term, but I had to be there from the from the get-go because we needed to go for the playoff places. And I think at the time it was just because when I left Holland, it was uh, like the three three years before that. And when they saw Yannick got bought for, they made it even worse in Holland for 8 million to, to Norwich. And they were like, what? Yannick is going to is Norwich for 8 million? Like, hey, he didn't even play there. Or like, you know, and then I was like, wow. So as I said, subconsciously, maybe I thought about it a little bit and got dragged me down. But I, at the time, I never really had the feeling or, you know, that it was going to, um, that I was thinking about it too much or I have to do it. it I think it's just, just how the club was with me, like how they say, like uh, how they treated me. They were just like, you know, Yannick, everything is uh, just do your game. Don't, uh, don't worry about it and uh, let's uh, make the best of it. And in terms of um, your when you took the decision to to go out on on loan, uh, I think your your last game for Norwich was was in the FA Cup, wasn't it? Um, I think against Chelsea, if memory serves. Um, w- at what point did you decide that you needed to go out on on loan, and and um, why did you pick Bolton? I guess because at the time they were they were in a, a lot of trouble financially, weren't they? Well, I I, des- I decided to go on loan because I didn't really get um, any game time at the time, and as I as I you know uh, this is one um, I didn't go to Bolton, and then I go to, I went to Cardiff. I got a lot ah, of yeah, phone sorry, calls quite right, Lee. yeah. Sorry. I got a lot of phone calls from Lee Warnock who said, uh, "Can I come?" And um, it was they were second in the league, and I think at the time Norwich was fourteen. Uh, in the beginning, I couldn't really believe it because I wasn't really playing under uh, under Daniel at um, at Norwich, and to like a second a team second in the league wanted me, and just uh, the way uh, Warnock spoke to me, it was just uh, I remember always thinking about this guy. Well, he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he's not one hundred percent, and then. Once you get to know him and work under him, you'll be like, wow, he's one of a kind. He's like a special person. And everyone who who I um, who I speak uh, about him, they always say, and I was like, listen, this is probably one of the best managers you could wish for because how he is with his team, how he is with, the, with everything. He said, like, listen, don't worry about anything else but playing. I take uh, everything. I don't care. They can call me whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. You just make sure you play. And yeah, so to come back on that, I wasn't playing at Norwich and I could go to to Cardiff. The club could make some room with my wages for some for some players. So I was like, you know, maybe this is my uh my chance to get promoted to the to the Premier League. Which which of which of course they did. Um did you did you feel a little bit disappointed when, when they did get promoted that they didn't come back knocking and, and give you a chance in the Premier League? Yes, yes and no. I um, of course you hope uh, you're gonna um, um, you, go, you can stay. This was also like there was an option if they would could promote it and the club wanted me, they could buy me. But I as I didn't um, I didn't do as much I think to deserve a move to the Premier League. And Warnock was really honest with me. He said like, listen, 
um, there's a lot more money came available for us to sign players. He said like, um, so we're going to look at it there. And if in the end of the, the window, there is a possibility, you know, we can come back for you. But to be, if, I, if, if I'm honest with you, I wouldn't wait for it because you never know if it's going to, you know, if it's going to happen. And um, so I appreciate that he was honest with me because, yeah, and obviously I was a little bit disappointed, but I was also, you know, happy that I that I was part of a Premier League um, promoting team. So it's uh, it was one of them where I already knew the chances were slim to to stay there. But regardless of that, I really enjoyed my time there. And and when you got back from Norwich after that loan, were the conversations very honest again in terms of your future and and, and maybe how they saw you fitting into the team and and whatnot? Yeah, it was basically the same as the year before. They said like, um, if you want, you can stay. You're part of the the team, uh, but if you can go somewhere where more game time is guaranteed, um, that's um, you know something you can look at. So I was like, I'm gonna go for my um, Go for, I'm gonna go for it again, and then I knew from the beginning that you know with the new players coming and that I didn't really was gonna be part of the um, of the plans. And then Bolton came with the with the. I remember having the conversation where they said like you know we had difficult problems financially, but um, they're all solved now for the first time in a couple of or a few years. We signed a player like for a. I think it was Josh McGuinness at the, at the mm. time, the striker, and that's all going to be good. And I had the safety of I was on loan, so I would always get my wages. And um, the story, when I came there, it sounded really good, like I was going to play on the left. Um, they were going to get a, a left back who was going to be you know, supportive of me, that I can do my, my thing and then you know leave the defensive part. Also, you know, to him, not all, not everything, but, you know, he would help me. And um, going back to, like, the Manchester area where uh, my family enjoyed it while we lived there. And uh, so it just made it a little bit easier. And the start, I think it was unbelievable. We, we got, like, uh, loads of wins in the beginning and that was important for the team. And then uh, the financial problems came and uh, in the end it turned out to be a nightmare, yeah. Mm, how, how difficult was that as as a player to? I, I, I don't know necessarily if they if they sort of promised you and and like you say you had the security of being on loan, but to see sort of I guess a lot of your teammates not get paid and and that sort of situation that must have been an, an incredibly difficult period for you. Yeah, it's yeah it it was hard for me, um, but the it was the hardest for me was seeing the other people like. Um, we had a team where there were a lot of older players and they had like loads of years in the game. So it's not like they lived from paycheck to paycheck. To paycheck. So th- for them, it was like a good thing. So they weren't desperate for money. It's not nice when they take the money from you. No, um, that's not that. Nice. But it's not like they, they were in like big financial problems. The, um, the under-21s had like a little bit more problems with that or like the, the, the chefs or the, the kit men or the people in the... Um, in the physios, but it's just, after a while you. It's like the things. What I remember people saying, like um, the wife of a player went to the supermarket, and one one guy who works. They said, like, oh, can you can you afford uh, can you afford those groceries? Now your man uh, is not, you know, your husband is not paid for like a couple months, and it's just all those things would make it 
hard, like the outside a uh, bit, because everyone has an opinion, everyone wants to say something. And you go into the dressing room and it was me and two other players who were on loan. So we were like, you know, listen, whatever you do and decide to do, you know, we are with you, but don't expect us to, you know, um, have our say in these things because we get our money and, you know, we don't know how you all feel. And um, that was hard because it was like, oh, every time they said on Friday, they're going to pay Monday. On Monday, no, we're going to pay Friday. If it's not on Monday, for sure Tuesday. And every time we had in the, in the team, we were like discussions, are we going to play? Are we going to train? There was a point like where you, if you want to come, you can come. If you don't want to come, it's also good. And um, so it was uh, was just a very tough situation. Then we had a, uh, someone who said he was going to buy the club. Then uh, it was even more trouble when he uh, tried to buy the club. He go away. So uh, it was just, uh, it was like a soap. Uh, every every week there was something uh, something else uh, wrong. Then we had no food. We had yeah. no, uh, we had a reposition of uh, vans on the, on the training ground. It was just, it was just you, you would wake up and you think, oh, What's going to happen today in this episode of, uh, and, um, but in the end, I just admired all the players who, yeah, got through it. Uh, but as I said, it's the base, it's basically the same as when the coach, uh, when Alex Neal got fired um, and Norwich, everyone knew, listen, we're in a bad situation, but in the summer we could go for a little fee, we can go for free. So it's just like play, show the best so you can have a future with another club. So everyone just, Try to keep that in mind, but if you if you go to the club not knowing if you were training that day or not, it's just hard to you know keep fit or keep motivated. And so this is why I have a lot of respect for everyone who like didn't get their money and yeah fought to the end really. Yeah, I remember the the story coming out about um, there being no food at the training ground and stuff, and it it was just uh, yeah very not a very nice time. But if if we sort of go through to, to, to your release from, from Norwich, I guess from your perspective, maybe given the fact you'd had two loan spells and were sort of in and out of the team, that news that they weren't going to renew your contract maybe didn't necessarily come as a, as a particular shock to you. No, it was, uh, <clears throat> for me, it was uh, pretty clear that they were not going to sign me uh, or they're going to give me a new deal. And I uh, accepted that and I, I wouldn't give my myself a new contract. I think if I was in their uh, position, because if you see like what I really contributed to the team in my two and a half years, I think two goals, maybe one, maybe none assist. I think that's not enough for for yeah to give another to give someone a new contract. And uh, of course, I would have wanted to be different, um, be like an important player and leave on a high, like a uh, James Madison or like a Josh Murphy, Jacob, and then all the other players, but you know it's not all the way. It's not always um, sunshine in football, and sometimes you have to uh, go through the dark days to appreciate uh, the good ones. So um, it really, in the end, it was like a very, very, very. Um, it's a good time in my career. Like, I enjoyed my time while living in in Norwich and playing for them. And it shaped me as a as a as a man, as a as a person, and footballer also. And uh, I'm always grateful for them to sign me and bring me to the club.
So I, th- I think you've sort of answered my next question. I was, I was going to ask you sort of with the benefit of hindsight, knowing how sort of that spell went at the club, was there any part of you that, that regretted it? But I guess from your answer there, it's, it's a clear no. No, I, I, I when for every club I signed in, when I signed there, it was with 100%, you know, complete with my, um, with my head. And in the end, you never know how things um, end and, that's the beauty of it, and sometimes you make the the right choices, and sometimes the right choices don't go as as you want. And uh, I've met some amazing people over there. I've played some beautiful games there, and um, yeah, this is something I will yeah cherish forever. It must be nice to see a, a fellow Dutch player doing quite well. Tim Cruel, obviously at the at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if if, if you know him, but. I suppose it's 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 quite nice for you to see another Dutch player doing quite well there. Yeah, I don't know him personally, of course. He is a big name in uh, in Holland, especially after the big clubs he played for and now for Norwich. And uh, I'm happy he's getting the recognition also being uh, playing every week and even in the national team now. So um, that's good to see. But um, yeah, as I said, I I follow the players who I've played with and I'm still in contact with uh, with Teti, Francic and the um, Sean, the physio, or then the chef. So it's nice to still uh, speak to people who are there. And I just, yeah, as I said, I follow my old teammates. Uh, I watch uh, if no, when Norwich play or how they do. And so uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, searching sometimes so uh, to see who is uh, starting because uh, some of the players obviously I don't know who are new. But um, yeah, as, as I said, always good uh, good feelings when I uh, think about Norwich. Mm, Alex Tetti, you mentioned him there. I think this is this is probably the last year of his contract. I think he's he said that he, he probably plans to retire after this, but I think he said that about four times before, right? So you can you can never trust him, but it, it must be nice to keep in contact with him because he he seems like a great guy. Yeah, Alex is one of the one of the best you will meet. He's such a nice guy, and um, he always yeah. I think people don't appreciate or see how good he is. Like, and even and so, what a fighter he is. Also, like when when I think when Farke came, uh, it was uh, he wasn't playing, and then in the end, he, he he just knew Alex needed to play for balance, and it's just uh, yeah, he's been playing uh, almost ever since. And this is just you know what you have with uh, with Teti, and when he's fit, he's always uh, an addition to to the team, and. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to retire this season. We should see. As you said, he said uh, we we have just have to find out. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed another two year deal or something. <laughs> yeah, he always seems to do it, doesn't he? So he's going. This is this is it like, uh, this time, and then he turns up with another two year contract. So yeah. it's. Uh, but he's been at Norwich for such a long time, so it's, it's brilliant to see. Um, I just ask you a, a couple more. Russell Martin, first and foremost, um, someone that, that you played with, obviously now gone into management in in League One with MK Dons. No, no real shock for you, I guess. I think everyone that speaks about Russ isn't particularly surprised that he's ended up in in management. No, no, it's uh, when I see him um, now, especially now Carlton and uh, Louis Thompson and Cameron uh, uh, Jerome there. It's just nice to see how, how well he's doing and how he's doing in his first job in uh, in management. And um, yeah, I hope he continues to do well. It's like one of the also the nicest guy I've seen and. He was there from the first day I came to the club, and if there was any anything like um, I could call him if I needed a, a hairdresser for my wife or if I needed a new car, like Russell knew everyone, 
and anyone and if you needed something you could uh, go to him and um yeah as i said i'm really happy everything is working out for him now at uh at mk and i hope he uh he don't forget about me if uh some some point in the future uh i need a I need a club well i was, I was gonna say this to you you're, you're only 29 so is there is there part of you that maybe sees a, a a route back into england would you like to come back to england at, at some point uh yeah i think so i uh i really enjoy my time in um in Israel, it's nice, um, but you know, I'm still 29, as you said, and I came here just to, you know, I'm playing for a really good, good big club now here, and and I'm enjoying my football. But who knows um, if the challenge from England calls? Uh, uh, I will always be be open to it, and um, so yeah, we'll uh, we just have to find out and uh, wait and see what's going to happen. These are difficult times at the moment. So for everyone, for clubs, I have so many friends who don't have a club at the moment. So it's um, you know it's I'm in a fortunate situation to to, to have a club now. And uh, but as is that England will always have a have a have a place in my heart. So if if there's a call from England, then uh, I will always answer that. Uh, good stuff, Yannick. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.